All right, good morning. Have you ever had a gift that you thought, oh, I'm really disappointed in this, it's not quite what I wanted? Put your hand up if you have, because I, I know, yeah, come on, be honest, come on, be honest. Okay, um, I think, I think it was about 11, and um, I seem to remember I was given a present one Christmas, which I was really, really disappointed in. Um, molten Mini. Now, a Molten Mini, if you don't know, is an excuse for a bike. I'm sorry if you've got one, but it's an excuse for a bike. I was a, a bit of a tomboy, right? It's about 11, I was a bit of a tomboy. I lived on a common. So having a bike like that wasn't quite inducive to going across the common, really, was it? You know, I wanted one with big wheels. My brother, who also had a bike for Christmas, had one with big wheels. So why couldn't I have one? I was, I was devastated. And the other thing was, I had to go to school on that. Um, I was totally disappointed because I couldn't understand why I had to have that and my brother got a big one. I was disappointed because it wasn't what I'd expected. It wasn't what I wanted, all right? Now, today, my aims are to share what I felt God has laid on my heart for individuals and the church about disappointment. To see people in church to, to be set free from disappointment and grow in the naturally supernatural, which is what this series is about. Now, about a month ago, <clears throat> God gave me the word disappointment. And some of you might remember I came and shared it in the service. The following Saturday was the breakfast prayer meeting. And in the week leading to this, he showed me other aspects, which I went to Nathan and shared. Nathan said, oh, there happens to be a slot free for preaching. And I thought, oh, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I, don't, I also don't think it was a coincidence because we're actually going into our week of prayer next week. And I feel that this is important for some of us to be set free in our prayer lives and things as well and aren't the super spiritual, the spiritually supernatural. Now, the dictionary definition of discouragement, there's two I've got down here. One's a bit easier than the other one. Sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations for a person or a thing. And the second one is, a bit stronger, the crushing, the, sorry, the crushing emotional blow of disappointment exasperates when you are disappointed by someone who you trust and expect to give you what you want. Constant disappointment with a loved one leads to blame, resentment, and eventually rage. So greater the disparity, the greater the disappointment. Now today, I want to look at Matthew 11, verse 22 to 6. When John heard in prison what Jesus was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who has come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, 
Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Right, for those people who might not know, um, the John in this passage is John the Baptist. A few few facts about him, because you'll find out why that's important later. He was the son of Elizabeth and Zachariah the priest, and you can read that story in Luke 1, 5 onwards. It's an amazing story about how his birth was foretold. Secondly, he baptises with water and prepares the way for Jesus when he's coming. You can read that in Luke 3. Jesus was baptised by John, and he saw the dove and he heard God speak, This is my son I love, with whom I am well pleased. And lastly, he was the first to have revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. And in John 3, 31, he testifies about Jesus, saying he is the Son of God. Right, those are important things. Hold those in your mind. Now, John is in prison, as we see. He's there because he's spoken out against Herod Antipas, who had divorced his wife and married his niece, although he was mar- she was married to his brother. All right, so... Bit of a no-no there, really. So, from prison, John asks his disciples to ask Jesus what appears to be a very desperate question. Are you the one who has come? Or should we expect someone else? Now, there are numerous reasons why he might ask this. First of all, Jesus didn't manifest the kingdom in a way which matched up to John's um, approval or others. Many were offended because he did not fulfill the accepted conventions at that time, i.e. a lot of them fell away from, fell away from Jesus. Two, miracles were not a part of the mess- messianic expectation John might have found it difficult to accept a Jewish Messiah who did not fast or who socialised with people he did not approve of, like tax collectors, the poor, prostitutes. Jews were very careful as to what sort of company they kept. Thirdly, they expected the Messiah to bring liberation from the Romans, who were the rulers of that time and their enemy. They did not expect good news to the poor, or to be told, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, which is in Matthew 5, or the Messiah to to bring relief for those who suffered or were sinners. They weren't expecting that at all. John was also in prison, and he'd probably heard Jesus say sometimes, I have come to set the captives free, but there he was in prison, and it wasn't a very nice prison either. Now, Jesus' replies to the disciples, to John's disciples, was to tell John what they'd seen and heard. The blind received sight, the lame walk, all of which were actually given in prophecies in Isaiah 35, 5 to 6, and Isaiah 6 to 1 says, preach good news to the poor. All right? He'd already had those. John should have known those teachings, but... All this other thing was, you know, he asked this question. Jesus gives John the Baptist the opportunity not to let his disappointment cause him to fall away. And in Luke, 
he uses the word stumble. He used words, he used the word blessed, for the one who does not fall away. And that's like in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those that are hungry. Blessed are those that thirst. He uses that word, not to fall away. Now, I use the passage about John the Baptist to show that he had all the revelation about Jesus, and yet Jesus felt he needed to stop him being offended, um, need to stop him being offended by him, being Jesus. He knew that disappointment, once it took a hold on him, would steal away the faith, his faith and belief. He urged John to step out of a spiritual prison to which he held the key. Okay, so he was in a spiritual prison. Now, this can apply to us as well. Our disappointment can cause us to fall away or not to bother. Hence, that affects our faith. As I've been preparing to share this talk, I feel like I'm booming here. (laughs) It's one of those that goes up and down like that thing on the telly. You know, you've seen them happen. (laughs) As I've been preparing to share this talk, many aspects of disappointment have come up in my life. And you have to kind of work through these. So I've been working through quite a lot this last few last week really and some of these I think some of you might relate to I just wanted to share some of them this isn't to share all what a tragic story I've had or anything it's for you to relate to because some of you I think will these include not being healed Um, I've had quite a serious back problem which even after major surgery tends to raise its head last week it was horrendous (laughs) Um, I've had miscarriages um, I've had the death of um, very close relatives to me and very good friends. Relationships, we've not been as I've expected. I've failed exams for all those who are doing exams. I failed my A-levels, all right? But God had another plan. I failed my exams. Um, I've been abused. Um, Disappointment in the past with the church has, and things that have not happened and people leaving. I get really upset by things like that. Um, disappointment at myself. I've been disappointed in myself that I haven't achieved some of the things I think, oh, I should be able to do that. So there's that sort of disappointment. The reasons that I've shared these things is I know God wants me to be free and I don't want to hold my any offence towards God. I want to be free and our church to be free. As disappointment, as Jesus says, causes people to fall away, to stumble. Especially if we allow ourselves to blame God or be offended by him. Sorry. On the Saturday of the breakfast prayer meeting, I'll tell you this is how it's all sort of come apart together, this. I spoke to Anne Wilson, who was reminded of a word given to her about disappointment in June 1992. She shared it with me, and I feel, as does Anne, that this was right then, but it is also relevant for now. Okay, and I'm just going to read it. 
Disappointment has haunted you because you have not re received what you asked for. Hope deferred has made your heart sick. You felt rejected and resignation, resignation seemed the only way. Discouragement entered your bones and became part of you. The enemy of your soul brought you the cloak of disappointment and discouragement and you put it on. Do not let disappointment rule your life. You put it on and you take it off and let me be God. Disappointment and discouragement shrink your faith. Disappointment and discouragement over healing tends to lessen faith. Disappointment and discouragement over relationships leads to rejection and less love. It crushes the spirit of man. It causes men and children to rebel in order to survive. In marriages, it can lead to unfaithfulness. It causes escape into TV, food, drugs, illness, sport, books. And can I add, because this was in 1992, um, computers, internet, computer games. Put it off. It does not defend it destroys. It is like a polythene suit. It prevents life. It shrinks flesh. It stifles and kills. It is Satan's clothing. I want you to wear mine. Mine is a garment of praise and joy. Repent. Do you know that you have put on Christ as Lord? You must allow me to be God and not manipulate me with your requests and then go away disappointed. For then, who is God? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are to bless you with a future and a hope. I will not disappoint you. Quite an amazing word, isn't it, which we're going to come back to. We're going to come back to that. Let it just sort of sink in. I'll give you a couple of minutes to let it just sink in. As I said, it's relevant for day as it was in 1992. Now, Simon Holly, in his book, Sustainable Power, gives an illustration that when King's Arms Church, because he's the leader of the King's Arms Church, started to seal healing on a regular basis, his wife Caroline prayed for, for others, but nothing happened. When she asked God about it, he showed her an incident back in her teens where she had prayed for a friend who'd been in a car crash. God did not answer her prayers. God told Caroline that she was offended with him. She knew in her heart that this was right and, he, and repented and she believed to this day that this was the start of her journey to seeing healings and answer prayer and moving in naturally supernatural. Now, also in Wendy Mann's book, Naturally Supernatural, she also shows how God revealed how she was disappointed with him over not being healed. She also knew that she had to get right and she struggled to ex ex accept God's goodness and she was often expecting to be disappointed. Now, this bit's quite important. Believing God is good 
is different to expecting him to be good to you. Believing God is good is different to expecting him to be good to you. And I think some of the things in Freedom and Christ have been coming up that people have realised that in, and I think it's great that we're actually doing this course as well at the moment. Now, her unprocessed disappointment, she said, was killing her faith. For us to get right with God, we need to do the following. Be real with God. Don't sweep it under the carpet any longer. And don't say, I just need to get on with it. It'd be all right. I just need to get on with it. Deal with it. The truth is, until you get real with God about disappointment, you will struggle to really believe the truth about who he is and it will be difficult to live with the expectation in your heart. King David was really honest with God and he cried to him and said, particularly in Psalm 13, verses 1 to 2, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Right? It was the cry of desperation. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Jesus also shouted on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, there couldn't have been anybody more disappointed than him at that point. Now, we will experience hardships. We will experience trouble in this life. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Come to God with it. <coughs> deal with it. If you don't deal, let disappointment, if you don't let that disappointment with God be dealt with, unbelief will settle in. All right. Next, you have to be intentional with God. All right. Maybe block out some time telling Him how you feel, but don't accuse Him. He's not done anything wrong. Don't accuse Him. Um, the prayer time upstairs next week might be a good time for, for some people who might be dealing with things to go and quietly deal with it. Focus on what God has done for you, not on what he hasn't done. Be thankful, grateful, gratitude. Now, I know it's not a very good illustration, but we took our son when he was very little out for a meal with my daughter, and he dropped something awful. He'd be devastated to know that I'd said this. He stropped something awful. And in the end, we ended up taking him home. We didn't go out for the meal. I think Lizzie went off to somewhere else with Keith, but he did not go out for the meal. All right? We said, we're not taking you like this. We went out. And actually, he missed out on a lot. He missed out on a lot. And like in our lives, if we hold on with the grudges and carry on stropping and whatever... We are missing out a lot of what God wants to do in us. Um, I've lost where I am now. Okay. Declare truth about God. Again, that Freedom in Christ book is brilliant for that. You are the healer. You love to heal the sick. Never abandon us or leave us. And David carries on in his psalm in 13, verses 5 to 6. He comes back to the truth. He said... I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. All right? 
Now, the really, the most important one, also the most difficult for some people, lay down your right to understand why you don't get the healing or whatever it is you've asked for. It's a mystery. I can't answer that question, why it doesn't happen. Maybe it's designed to make us humble, dependent on him, seeking him for greater revelation, but I can't answer it. But lay down your right to understand why he, does, why he allowed something to happen or why this happened. It is really hard to do, but once you do it, you're going to be free. Wendy Mann, in her book, said she'd heard that the biggest barrier to spiritual breakthrough in the UK is disappointment in the heart of believers that had never been, that's never been dealt with. That's amazing. And as a church, I'm sure we don't want disappointment in our church to stop us seeing God moving, moving on. Unprocessed disappointment directly attacks our faith because it directly attacks our expectation. The problem is, if we do not expect very much from God, you're unlikely to experience very much. All right. I think that God has brought this word for us as a church to deal with this, so we might see more of a spiritual breakthrough and see more signs and wonders and people set free. So let's have a greater expectation. Now, in a moment, I'm going to ask for Anne's prophecy to come back up, but on the screen. But before then, I have a couple of words of knowledge I want to share with some people here. I said to God, Lord, I don't know if I can give words of knowledge to this, because I do know some people's situations and circumstances. So I've kind of asked for words that are a little bit stranger than what you normally say, because it might be things that I don't know about you. All right? So... Um, it will be real to a few more people. The first one is, I had a picture of an uh, official booking form. It could have been a, a job application or something like that. Um, but it was very official, you know, all printed with gaps and things in it. And I saw a diagonal line <coughs> across the form. And this has been done recently by somebody. You put a line across it because of your past disappointment. You feel no way can you do it or go for it and see no you've got no expectation, you've got no hope, and you're quite depressed about it. Right. Then I was given the name James with the words, I know your name. And that, I don't know, must mean something to somebody. I'm given the word James. And God's saying, I know your name. You need to hear that today for some reason. Also, I've got the word suicide, that somebody has been contemplating it. And you've asked God to show you that he's real. And he's showing you he's real because that word has come for you today, that he knows you're contemplating it. Um, and just before I came out, on, I was reading through the... 20 cans. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've been holding on to that all week. Um, and one of them came through, why should I ever be in bondage knowing that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And that is for somebody who's, um, who, want, who needs a relationship with Jesus, that you get free of that bondage, all right? You're sort of seeking, but you've not quite got there yet, all right? I just feel that's something that... Now, if we put Anne's words on the screen, I think when I read it, I know we can't get, I couldn't, Keith couldn't get it all in one, one block, so um, possibly the bit nearest the end is probably, I don't know the things that it happens, but um, it just flick it through. I, um, when I'm, I, I think when I first spoke it, it spoke to a few people here, and I would ask you to be real with God, all right, um, and to deal with that unprocessed disappointment. And Father, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to come now as we look at this and your Holy Spirit to speak in our hearts and in our minds, not to go looking for unprocessed disappointment, Lord, but just reveal it to people now that they might be able to come to you and just give it to you in the name of Jesus. I ask this. Amen.